All right, guys, here we go. Huge episode. We are back with MI4 Ghost Protocol in our rewatch. We have not one, but two of the steamer streamers. Lots of news. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. And here we go, Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys? Doing very well, my friend. Doing great. How are you? I'm great. It's almost the end of the school year. For those of you who remember, I am a high school teacher. So we are on the last three weeks. We're on uh, the end of my lacrosse season. So I'm going from really busy to hopefully having some nice free time here in the next couple of weeks. That's great. Are you officially checked out at this point or when do you check out? Um, when the bell rings on the final day. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Okay. The day after the day after the final day when I get all the grades in. Okay. Then I'm checked out. <laughs> but the Never kids really. like, the kids are like, Can we go outside? And I'm like, No, we can learn extra stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good for you. That is the thing though. Kids all want to go outside. And I'm like, Oh, do they we- do? Yeah, they're like, can we go for a walk? Can we go outside? Can we have class outside? I'm like, you're incapable of learning inside. <laughs> you can't pay attention in this boring room. So no. Except right. we did play kickball the other day against another class. And uh, I took it, I went, I played really hard. Okay. I was like whipping the ball at kids. I was like running, I was like legging out doubles. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I was running out of breath regularly, but that's. No, I like, my, my muscles were really sore the next like two days, but I did win the game. I played harder than all the kids. <laughs> you did work. <laughs> well, all right, guys. You. We're proud of you. I just picture him like Billy Madison in the in the dodgeball game with like the third graders like just throwing at throwing at their faces like doesn't care like indiscriminate punishment. For I was like kids. calling yep. for like shifts for certain kids like <laughs> like a girl would come up with like not appropriate athletic wear and I'd be like move the infield in <laughs> first out at first first out at second and first. <laughs> you are a coach. You couldn't turn it off. All right, guys. So. uh you know, you could turn this off, but we don't want you to. We actually want you to listen every single week, and we want you guys to spread the word about your favorite podcast with your three best friends that you really haven't been able to hang out with because it's been a global pandemic. But we have gotten you through it every day, and we deserve you to spread the word about the Nordies Podcast. And if you don't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Nordies Podcast, and also subscribe on Podbean podcast app spotify anywhere you get your favorite podcast from and get the northeast podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week also give us that five-star review that you've been thinking about you've been thinking of a funny quirky way to write it and we don't really care just any review is great we would appreciate it and if you have something funny you can put it on there and we'll get a laugh out of it Thank i mean you. if you're gonna follow for no other reason or subscribe to the pod it's for intros like that where Eric just intro. off the cuff slays it. Yeah. Perfectly. Killed the transition. Yeah. Which it I was really weird, but it worked. Yeah, it was it was nice. All right, guys, what beers are you drinking today? Okay. I am over at Blackstack with this very clean white can. There's almost nothing on it. It just says sponsored content. And it's a 5% pale ale with Mosaic Centennial and Columbus Cryo. And it's got a little bit of a weird flavor. It's it's like very delicious. But it finishes a little like alkaline or something weird. But I'm definitely still enjoying it. So that's what I'm sipping on. It's my first foray into uh, some serious leisure here at the Northeast Podcast. And I'm very excited about it. This beer is fantastic. Yes. If you loved extreme leisure, which we all did on the podcast back when Fair State had their... I forget what it's even called. The little beer get together shindig in the in the backyard. Yeah, mixed culture, mixed culture, yeah. mixed culture. Um, first time we sampled extreme leisure was delicious. It stuck around for a while. They turned it into a slushy, and this feels like the upgraded version of that, and it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah, yeah. They, so it's a five percent, like really light drinkable sour, and I just yeah, I've been keeping, and it's only like eleven bucks for the four pack, and I've been just keeping it in the fridge. I'm just I bought like three so far. I'm loving the it. The price point is unbeatable for yeah. most stuff that this this delicious. All right, guys. I am drinking Modest's Hyper Solid New England IPA. This beer to me is like, do you want to mow the lawn and get drunk? Drink this. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, like, it's not as nearly as light as like what you'd normally drink while drinking while mowing the lawn. But it's kind of like, do you have nowhere to be after doing yard work? Have a few of these out in the sun. Okay. And then take a nap. It's pretty damn good. 
<laughs> All right. Well, that's exciting. Damn, we got some good uh, good beers lined up for us today. We really do. All right, guys, here we go. We're going to hop right into Do We Care? And uh, we're actually going to start with a new segment. Ryan, you have a new segment for us today. It's called This Week in Who Joined the Cast of Knives Out 2. Mm, yes. We'll probably continue to do this. So I'm glad you set up a segment for it. They're gonna, apparently they're adding 50 people to this movie and they're going to tell us about two of them every week. That's yep. where we're at at this point. And, and we've, and we've hit is- on a bunch of the big stars and I think this might be getting to a little bit more of the low-hanging fruit, but it's still exciting to, to talk about it anyway. And who do we got? What's up? Who's, who's going to be in it? We have Leslie Odom Jr., who I know virtually nothing about. And then okay. Kate Hudson. Well, Kate Hudson, pretty washed up at this point, but I'm curious to see what she's still got. I'm sure it'll well, be a small part. She's got the clothing part. line. There's, she, she's there's 15 people in the, in the movie, so they can't all have big parts. But I have a, a little take for you guys. Leslie Odom Jr. is the most talented person that came out of, uh, um, uh, uh, um, what's, oh God, what's that big play? Who's that guy? Hamilton. Uh, oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Best thing that came out of Hamilton is Leslie Odom Jr. That is true. Then Manuel is going to prove overrated over the course of the next couple years, I think. Over the course of the last year. Yeah, so I think it's already happened. As an actor, yeah, that's already happened. Yeah, that has happened. And let him write. Let him write his music. Let him write whatever he wants. But, uh, dude, I really like Leslie Odom. I think he's a, a mega talent. So I think it's a cool ad. Can I just tell you what I can I go on a little uh, Lin Manuel Miranda rant for you, please? Of course. Okay, so you know how like someone becomes famous for doing something really specific, sure. and, then, and then they then spend the rest of their career trying to prove to everyone that they can do more than one thing, but everyone loved the one thing. Right. Why in the world isn't he just writing more history rap musicals? That's what we like. Well, him. I don't want how much. How much work do you think that is for him versus like show up to the set and do an okay job on an HBO series and get paid 500 grand? No, he could do both, I'm saying. But like he's trying to do like The Heights or whatever. And like I'm sure he's going to do all these musicals and like he's going to have some big deal to, you know, have plays that play all over the world and he'll make all this money. But he'll never find the same success he did with Hamilton. Why doesn't he just be like my next his my next person in history is napoleon i'm doing napoleon next and then we just get an epic napoleon rap musical and everyone would be fucking pumped when you were i think it was probably really hard and it took him like six years to do um when you were talking about how you know how people get famous for something really specific and then you know you just people just want him to keep doing that I just, a name popped in my head, Lorena Bobbitt. I don't know why. She got really famous (laughs) and everyone's like, cut more dicks. Yeah. But, you know, she couldn't sustain because she didn't deliver on what made her famous. Well, show that she was, you know, not one dimensional. All right, right, guys. uh, Next up, we have, uh, you know, probably the next big thing in movies or television. I'm not even sure where it's going to be. And that's uh, Henry Cavill to star in the Highlander reboot. Didn't he already do this? It was, yeah, it, was called, it was called The Witcher. The yeah. Witcher. I'm pretty sure he already did this. It was just called The Witcher this time. Yeah. Well, Highlander is a little bit different of a tale. It's not as... Uh, there's not as magical and it's not as like uh, set way back in, you know, the Dark Ages, if you will. Highlander is supposed to be a little bit more modern, I think. And okay. this, this is like this is like a series from like the 70s. And then they made a movie about it. in like I want to say the early to mid 90s, something like and that. I think I liked that movie. I feel like I like that too. Wasn't there like a USA Network TV show called Highlander? In like, like late 90s, early 2000s. And then like it seemed like it was like the same universe as Xena, Xena Warrior Princess. Sure. And you were waiting for the crossover that never happened. <laughs> you got Kevin Sorbo. Don't think I ever watched either. But uh, yeah, to me, they were like the same thing. Dude, I don't know what's up with Henry Cavill, but he is – talk about one-dimensional. I mean, I just am so disinterested in everything this guy does at this point. You know, to me, Henry Cavill is just uh, Army Hammer with all the interesting relationships. <laughs> so you actually prefer Army Hammer just because he brings I, something to the table. I, yeah, at least he, like, is weird. Yeah. Um, 
Fair, yeah. yeah, no, I literally can't stand Henry Cavill at all. Uh, I don't like anything he's in. I can't think of a single role that he's ever had that I like. But we're going to see him so, in a yeah, couple we'll weeks. In the next movie. No, the, and the he's next, great. Next You're going to like him. He's in the next Mission Impossible movie. What are you no, no, no. What are you telling me? No, not the next one. Hold on. He's in the he's in the one after that. He's in Fallout. Oh, I thought you were telling me that we were going to see him in Knives Out too. <laughs> he might be. We don't know. Next week. We'll find out in the next month. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, next up, we have uh, some news that will make uh, a few of our listeners very happy. Um, Chris Angel, if you guys remember him as Mind Freak. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. The, well done. Well done. The the uh, magician. Um, I don't know. He had his own show called Mind Freak, and he sang the opening song. He did. And, that was him. Yeah, that was him. <laughs> I am the Mind Freak. That was him. So it's bad. Really dumb. It's really uh, dumb. Chris Angel. That was again. That was again a guy who was known for something very specific that was trying to branch out. Here he <laughs> goes. He's branching movie. right now. <laughs> He's trying to branch out now. He's opening a restaurant. I can only assume in Las Vegas called Cab Cabble. <laughs> <laughs> we all well, spell it for, spell it for the listeners. It. It's uh, Eric. You did it. Ryan, go ahead. Try to pronounce it now. Oh, Cabble. Cabble. <laughs> C A B L P Cabalt is his restaurant, which stands for what, Jim? Um, Chris Angel's breakfast, lunch, and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real story. It's what going to be a real on? place. I would love it if if I could go there and Chris Angel would be walking around like pulling quarters out of his skin, right? Sticking like needles in his nose and like pulling them out of his back or something. I really need to be mind freaked there. I do. I I would. I think I would pay forty nine ninety nine for some average breakfast, lunch, and pizza if the mind freak was walking around doing tricks for people. Right. Forty nine ninety nine a person. I'm in. He like every single breakfast and lunch shift. He needs to get in a tank and sit in there until you finish your pizza. <laughs> Well, now you guys are thinking of David Blaine. This is that you're not thinking of Chris Angel. This is those are David Blaine stunts. Oh no, he copied. No, he did that. Yeah, he did that. David Blaine. He'd be like, "This is the most dangerous thing I've ever done in my whole life. My best friend is gonna run me over with a cement roller." And then, like, he would do that, and then they would like, you know, break the cement, and he'd be in there and thing. (laughs) Show is wild. I for one care. I think I care. I will never go there, and I don't care. Cabal okay. rolls off the tongue. All right. You know, you know, you also know he's not going to be, he's going to show up for the opening of the restaurant. They're going to have TVs spread throughout the restaurant with his show on repeat. And that's the best you're going to get. Yeah. Well, that's I, a, that's a realistic and negative way of looking at it. Um, okay. So a couple <laughs> things. One, I'm going to crushing, play. crushing Eric's dreams. We are now going to do a deep dive on Chris Angel. He's oh no. Mind free. And that's it. Mind freak, and we're done. Okay, so I just want you guys to guess what Chris Angel's uh, estimated net worth is. Um, He had the show in Vegas for a long time, so I bet he's got a lot of money from that. Yeah, he used to have a... I don't remember which casino it was at, but he had like a long, you know, like share, like a long-standing nightly show on the Strip. So I would say $150 No way. I was going to say $22 He's worth fifty million. Okay, Chris Angel. All right, I went. A, I went a little high. Freak. All right, um, let's move on uh, to something that Ryan might care about. That's a spinoff show called The Vindicators. What is this, Ryan? Okay, so The Vindicators was like a recurring episode in each season of Rick and Morty, and The Vindicators are this like um, obviously made up um, sort of superhero conglomerate in the Ricky Rick and Morty universe with a bunch of different ones, you know, some die come and go, but they're all like funny, like made up names. There's one guy called like a million ants and he's literally just made up of like a million ants and he can shape shift. Um, there's noop noop. Everybody loves noop noop. Okay. He's like the, the vindicators custodian, you know, they shit on him and, and all that stuff. And I am not really that I, I want to be excited for it, but I think it's funnier in the show as a standalone episode where, you know, Rick and Morty do like a Vindicators, you know, four. Um, mm-hmm. But to, for them to do an entire show seems a little bit silly, but I don't know. Um, you know, what, what was the solar opposites? Like that didn't really work. Like Jimbo, you didn't think that was funny. Um, no, I, I don't know. That. I don't know how funny this is going to be. So um, I kind of care, but I need to see a little bit more about it. I am to the point where I'm not sure that I've watched all of the Rick and Morty's. Like, I feel like I maybe missed half of the last season. I think I'm a little bit over it. Like, I'm a little tuned out on it. I don't care. I won't watch it. Yeah. 
We'll watch it even if you guys tell me it's good. Wow. Well, that's just okay. stupid. See how it is. All right. Uh, next up, Netflix is releasing Fear Street. What is it? Yeah. So I think this might be kind of fun. I mean, these are going to be three horror movies, um, all based off of R.L. Stein books. If you guys remember that, you know, there was The Dummy. There was like the Haunted House stuff. There was like, you know, the mask one. There was the a Choose Your Own Adventure. The girl couldn't get the mask off her face. Yes. Oh. Remember that? The dummy where the dummy was sometimes a doll and sometimes a man wearing a doll mask. <laughs> yes. Okay. You're, you remember these better than I do, apparently. It was wild. Um, but these are these are grown-up movies. These are going to be like R-rated adult horror movies on Netflix three weeks over the course of, of the summer. I think it's in July they're going to start. And we're going to get one per week. And I hope at least one of them is good. I'm guessing I, we'd, I think we'd be lucky if one out of the three is good. If they're all good, that'd be a mirror. But I do care. Uh, it's content coming up that I'm sure I will watch the weekend it comes out. Hopefully they're uh, also like a tight 90. Give me a tight 90. I think that they will because the same woman directed all three, which is kind of impressive. But then you think of like, you know, one director does an entire season of TV. So it's possible. Just seems a little crazy. I, oh man. Do you care? Scary movies are like stressful. I'm almost 33 years old. I don't think I care. Okay. I mean, like, what if I tell you one of them is just awesome? Even if it's like gory, will you watch it? Um, is there a bunch of throat slitting? If there's not, then yes, I will. If there's okay. throat slitting, I think I'm going to skip it. Well, does it gotcha. fall into that, like that realistic category of violence, you know, where you could see it happening like that? I think that's, that's your threshold, right? Not necessarily. Mm. Yes. The throat slits, but like, is it something that could happen in real life? Mm. You know, that's where you get the, you know, you yeah. cut it off, right? For whatever reason, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the mortal combat violence. Because it's okay. fake. Like, oh. it's, it's unrealistic. They yeah. were just dicing everybody up. And there was blood everywhere. And I was just like, this is the kind of violence for me. Okay. Cartoony. Yeah. Like, true blood. <laughs> like a spine being, like, ripped out of someone's body. Okay. Give me that. All right. Uh, attack the block, too. What in the world is this? Oh, this. This is my most anticipated movie. Well, that's not really true. But out of the news we're covering, this is my most exciting piece. Um... You guys should all go watch Attack the Block. I believe it is on Hulu right now. It's probably 10 years old. Um, John Boyega came up in this movie because he's a British dude, right? So this is like a British movie um, about like these kind of urban kids in London that sort of witness and deal with and survive uh, like an an alien invasion of sort of alien monsters. So these things have sort of attacked their block and these kids, you know, there's not luckily in, in London, there's not a shit ton of guns or else in America, all these kids would just have guns. Here they got like, they're a little more scrappy. They got bats, they got fucking you know they're coming up with like cool inventions to fight these things and it's an r-rated movie it's really good go watch I, it it's I, 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 yeah yeah um, yeah you should and john boyega is this is the, my favorite thing he's ever done still um he's really really good in it and yeah they're like i just thought it was going to be one of those movies that sort of gets a cult following launches some careers and then disappears forever but somebody thought it was a good idea man to go back and, and make a second one so john Boyega is back um he's not gonna be like a 14 year old kid anymore um so i don't know how they'll address it all but dude i'm i'm really excited for this movie it's not gonna have that like scrappy low budget vibe anymore because it's you know it'll be a big production this time but Dude, go watch the first one. It will get you excited for the second one. Deal. Ryan, what do you think? So, yeah, I'm going to try and watch um, Attack the Block this week. And, and Jimbo, I think you had Eric when you said, this is a British movie. I don't think you needed <laughs> to say anything beyond that. <laughs> He's like, my people. Yeah, my people. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll try, I'll try and check it out this week. And then uh, when is the second one coming out? Or they're just, they're just announcing that it's being made? Late 2022. I don't know. What oh, okay, okay. So a while. They just, they yeah. just announced that it's, it's coming. Okay, awesome. Yep. Okay, next up, guys, Do We Care, Snake Eyes, a movie based on G.I. Joe, is coming out on July 23rd. Yeah, you know what? We weren't even going to include this, but you have a good friend, Eric, that really needs to know about this, and he listens to the pod. So, Bubba, we're covering this news for you. Um, So, do you guys guys remember the the G.I. Joe movie, like, the early? Oh, yeah. Snake Eyes was, like, pretty cool. He had, like, a really cool costume. He, like, wore, like, a face mask, helmet. You assumed he was, like, an Asian guy because he's a ninja, but you never really even knew, I don't think. Well, he is, and it's a whole backstory for him. Um... 
of a guy that literally is never supposed to never take off his mask, but they gave him a whole backstory. Um, the trailer looked fine. I think this movie is going to be really forgettable in the end, but it is definitely something that like, if I saw it pop up on Hulu, I would clear my schedule and want to watch it, but I'm not going to the theater for this thing. My only problem is, is that his costume's cool, but like literally the boys just ripped it off with black noir. Yeah. Same outfit. That's true. They have the same costume. Who do you think black noir is? Um, hmm. Do you have a, do you have a theory? I think it's, um, I think it's going to be Homelander, like his son or his clone or something like that. Hmm. Like that's why they can't show his face. Cause it's one of the actors that's already in it as a different character. I'm so thoroughly hoping that it's just a funny person like a funny, famous actor. Like, I'm just praying that it's Michael Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Kevin Hart for some reason, but I was like, like he's if, probably too small. Like, if, if Michael Sarah was Black Noir, I would lose my shit. That's brilliant, and it would be perfect casting. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, finally, Wheel of Time. Uh, this series that I have no idea what it's going to be, but we know it's going to be big. It's going to be on Amazon Prime. We don't even have much idea unless you read the Book of Time or Wheel of Time series, which I didn't. Uh, but they're already renewed for season two. This is yeah. going to be good, hopefully. I think I think it's going to be good. I think we have reason to be excited about this. Maybe not on the same level as the Lord of the Rings that they're doing, um, but this is going to feel different and feel new and it's not a story we've seen on screen before. Rosamund Pike, who's just phenomenal and everything and so creepy and cool, is one of the stars. So I'm excited and I'm I'm not totally sure that this means it's going to be excellent. Um, you know, renewing it for season two, they're sort of saying, all right, well, look, we built all these sets. We have all these people. Let's just keep them on and make season two right now. Um, just, you know, when they look at the investment and the money, they're probably like, let's just knock out two seasons while we're at it. Um, but, you know, I'm excited for this one. I think it's coming out like early next year. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I need a bit another big series. Like I feel like um with COVID, the the worst thing that's happened um on the entertainment front has just been that there haven't been a lot of like big movie series or TV series um that have come out. Like there's been a lot of like little things that you could binge, but we're kind of missing like the massive water cooler talk kind of shows right now. yeah yeah and i think i think jimbo you're you're like you're i think you're mostly right with the, with the take of like they've already established uh the actors they've already got them there they've already traveled they passed the you know covid and let's just start shooting stuff for season two already mm-hmm. but i don't i also don't think like as a business amazon would do that if they didn't think the script was already awesome mm-hmm. or like at least worthy of consideration for a second season. Like yeah. they wouldn't, they wouldn't spend that type of, of resources, you know, and additional time if they didn't think it was going to continue on. So I think it's, I think it's a very positive note. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is the series has a chance to be just as good as Lord of the Rings. They're just, it's just a less famous worldwide, uh, you know, story as you know, cause Peter Jackson did his, mm-hmm. you know, in 2000, like that's not, like everyone knows what the Lord of the Rings are. Um, this being very new and very much more intricate and complicated, which is why it needs to be a show. Yeah. Whereas like Tolkien's Lord of the Rings trilogy was a little bit less that you could, you could do it in the longer movies. So I agree. I think this is like nine books or something really crazy. Ryan, didn't you read these or read some of these? I read the first three or four. Okay. Um, and then just never, I, I never picked it back up again. And then the author died and somebody finished them or yeah. whatever. But I guess they're they're really good. It's just a massive commitment to try to read all these things. And I, I didn't get through it either. I think I read the first book and quit. But Dang, um, I'm going to try to like audiobook this. Yeah, clear did your you schedule. It's going to take a while. Did you guys know that you can like get audiobooks like on an app from like the library for free? Yeah, like, my wife does it all the time. What? Like why in the world does Audible exist? Well, they don't, don't the library doesn't have everything, and they only have a certain amount. So, like, even if they have an audiobook, they, there's not a million downloads available. So you have to cut, like, I know this because Sunny's had to get on the wait list before for, like, downloading a book for her book club that she does. And it's like, oh, I can't get it for another couple of weeks. So That's cool, though. Yeah. I did that. not know that. I'm on it. Um, yeah. Also, I think that uh, the only thing I disagree with is that um, Netflix, uh, when it comes to their business, I feel like they're like, let's do season two. And they're like, we don't even know if season one's better. And they're like, all right, this is from the top down. Take one and a half seconds worth of our earnings from tomorrow and make <laughs> season two. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, but but season two will cost 300 million. And that's that's seven billion you're talking about. And they're like, right. fuck it. 10 seasons, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> you want. 
Just make this shit. Yeah. They have the money. Yeah. All right. Um, next up, Hot Rex. Let's move to uh, Army of the Dead on Netflix. Uh, there was some talk of it being a, a seamer, a streamer, but it's just a... It's going to be a wreck. I think it's. I think it is high enough profile that it's not really on the edge for people. And I think we'll just review it. Um, you know, Steamer and Streamer were trying to sort of find diamonds in the rough a little bit. Like new stuff comes out, people are on the edge. And when this thing came out, everybody sort of watched. I think a lot of people have already seen. Um, you know, Army of the Dead. Don't you guys think? Yeah, it was number. It was the number one trending movie on Netflix all weekend. Right. Right. Um, what'd you guys think? I didn't watch it. Okay, Ryan, you did. I. I loved it i loved it so much i intended on watching the first 30 minutes and be like turn it off this is garbage uh ended up staying up until about one o'clock in the morning trying to finish it because it was so compelling um for a zombie movie i thought it was just going to be like uh very hordes of zombies and they've got all these crazy tools like almost like um like a video game you know where you're Mm -hmm. just they're just slaying zombies it took like an hour before like that first encounter even happened. Yeah, it, it, it was a while. Like they, they mm-hmm. did a lot of setup at times, a little too much setup, but they were very sort of loquacious with the way they uh, went about building this world that has never been built before. So um, it did get a little long winded at times. Um, but I really, I really enjoyed this movie. I think Dave Bautista is super underrated mm-hmm. as a pretty solid like action flick guy. I know he's not going to be in anything you know, crazy. He was hilarious as Drax. He's great as, I don't even know who his name is. Who cares? Like he's great. Um, as, as kind of the lead, um, he's Scott, I don't know what Scott. That's Scott. All I yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, you know, side, some of the side characters are, uh, mostly forgettable, but that's kind of intentional because uh, not, not everybody's going to make it. Like yep. that's the, that's the, the plot of a zombie movie. Um, but I thought it was really smart. It was really well done. It wasn't overly gory. Um, they did fight scenes when they had to, they did intelligent things when they had to, I liked it. I thought, mm-hmm. I mean, this isn't even a steamer stream for me. This is an absolute stream. If you're into, if you like zombies, like, you know, Eric, you're saying you, you like the comic, you know, comical sort of violence and stuff like that. This is perfect mm-hmm. um, for that type of thing. It, it's a, it's a very like really good, well done horror zombie movie. Like give me this movie a hundred times out of a hundred over world war Z. Like right. it's just not, it's not even, it's not even a close comparison. Yeah. This movie did not take itself too seriously. Had a great tone, right? Which was sort of, all right, the stakes are high. You may actually care about these characters, but you can't take any, any of this too seriously. It's definitely going to be silly. It's going to be fun. Um, For sure. You know, it's Vegas, right? It's Vegas. It's a, a zombie movie. There's a fucking zombie horse and a zombie tiger. And um, it's over the top. And I, I, I really liked it. Um, for me, it got a little bit like the first act actually, before they got into Vegas was some of the best stuff. I thought the first act was great. I was like really into it. They're building the the team. You're kind of finding out about like what happened, how this all went down. Um, and then the second and third act, maybe, maybe down a little bit, especially cause it, for me is too long. So I was probably going to give it like an 80 and then it was too long. I'll, I'm going to subtract like seven. I'm going to call it a 73, which is still a wreck for me. If you're in, especially if you're into like fun action, horror, zombie, any of that stuff, it's going to be, you're going to love it. And this is, this is from the, the Snyder verse, right? This is Zack Snyder. We should mention that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you can see his fingerprints. It definitely feels like a Zack Snyder movie for better yeah. or worse. Right. Um, for this, for better, are, I think for this, right. I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that he does well. Um, you know, especially with like the 300 movies and he incorporated some of that kind of stuff into this. And this movie is a wreck for me. I, mm-hmm. I would, I would, if anybody was like, should I watch army of the dead? I'd be like, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I would say that too. Um, quick fun fact about this movie that is, I think is so interesting. Um, so, you know, the, the helicopter pilot character played by Tig Notaro, who's like a, like a, you know, she's a comedian. So originally when this movie was shot, it was Chris D'Elia that was in that role. So mm-hmm. Chris D'Elia, comedian, um, super creep. It all came out that he was like messaging and trying to like sleep with all these like 13 year old star, like young girls, fans, just really creepy dude. Okay. He was, he was canceled pretty quickly. He was canceled rightfully. So in this, in this yeah. respect, it made sense. So they took him out digitally and, and cast Tig Notaro, who then went and filmed all her scenes for millions extra dollars just behind, with green scenes with, with Zack Snyder. So they filmed everything separately and then used computers to put her in. So and, I just, and that, that also explains why 
when they were like, oh, we need a helicopter pilot. She's like, yeah, I'm the only man for the job. Yeah. Or the only guy for the job because all of the other scenes from all of the other actors had been like they were talking to Chris D'Elia. Right. Because they were calling him he, calling her he technically in the movie. Listen, I'm not getting into the pronouns thing, but I'm just saying. So they they just sort of like wedged this in and she, she just called herself a man. I'm the only man to fly it or something like that. I forget what the exact line was. And I didn't think I was crazy. I I wasn't jarred by that at all. In fact, I thought she did a really great job. She had a couple really funny lines that she nailed. So, I mean, we'll probably never see Chris D'Elia's delivery of those lines. Um, nor do we need to, uh, but I just thought it was so funny. You know, the lengths you'll, they'll go to like, you know, fix a problem like Chris D'Elia. And, and I guess like, um, I didn't know this either. This is me reading it afterwards. You never see like Dave Bautista and Tig Notaro in the same frame. Right. Because, you know, she's just there by herself. Right. <laughs> like talking through a fence to nobody. Well, I mean, for her character too, like you said, they pretty much were like, hey, go be by yourself and wait on the roof. <laughs> you know, So that kind of yeah. worked out. So a lot of the things that you wonder how much they rewrote and what they did, but they made it work relatively seamlessly. You'll only really know that something's up if you know that ahead of time. So if you haven't seen the movie, pay attention to that shit. You might get a kick out of it. Yeah. Overall, I would say I'd go a little bit higher than you. I think I would give it like a 78 to an 80, yeah. somewhere in there. Um, really, really well done. Cool, man. It's a wrap. Right. Netflix. You also watched uh, Master of None on Netflix, season three. Uh, I wouldn't say I, I watched it. I didn't exactly give it the <laughs> JC3. I gave it the JC3 minutes, dude. And it opens up on a quaint country cottage with two black lesbians who are very much in love and they're very serious. There's nothing funny happening and there's, you know, a three minute shot of them folding laundry and dancing. And then, you know, a two minute shot of them kind of getting ready in the morning. And then I shut it off because this this ain't it. This ain't it. I think this is what everybody was worried about. It's just a quiet contemplative art piece. It is not a comedy. Uh, it has no recognizable actors. It just, I don't know who it's for, but it's, it's not going to be for me or I think most of our audience. So I will wait for the next official season of, uh, of this is not season three. Anyways, it's not even called that. So I think it's a little unfair to Aziz to be like, Hey, season three sucks. This is, you know, master of none moments in love. Yeah. Master of, well, cause that's what they, they had it at the end of the trailer. They snuck it in. The Master of None presents. Right. And whatever. so this is six episodes that you can watch if you want. Uh, it's not a wreck for me. Um, you know, I don't generally watch these kind of like really slow art house stuff. Uh, and I, this is not going to be an exception. So, yeah, I'll well, wait for season also, three with Aziz actually in it. You also don't generally turn stuff off at that point in time. Right. It's like you'll usually sit through at least one episode to to fruition and then say, that's just awful. And, it's just, and this is trying so hard to be artistic and I just couldn't stomach it. I mean, you watched the first season of the OA. So I mean, you're willing to, you're willing Almost. to sit through most anything. I quit, I quit two episodes <laughs> left, which that's how you know it's really bad. Yeah. I quit um, Shit's Creek with three episodes to go of the final season. <laughs> <laughs> the whole series. Of the whole series. series. Yeah, I watched the whole series and got to the final three episodes and I wasn't like angry with it. I was just like, I'll get to it some other time. And then I just never did. You know, that's funny. That is one of those shows where you're like, you know, I tried watching season one. You got to get to season two, at least halfway through. Well, I okay, I did finish season two. Season three is where it really picks up, though. I'm surprised somebody wasn't telling you, Eric, those last three episodes will really shine for you. It all tied together. And then you'll be obsessed with it like everyone else. Yeah. yeah, but Eric doesn't pay attention to anything we say. So, right. I don't know. I don't know why he would listen to plebes telling him what to do either. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. All right, guys. Uh, Jim, you also tried Underground Railroad on Amazon Prime. What do you think? Oh, this is a big, serious series. Um, I think it's Barry Jenkins, who is a talented guy. I don't know if this is, you know, Eric, you might actually appreciate this from a history perspective, um, but I don't think it's a period piece. It's really, really like, you know, hard to watch subject matter. And dude, the opening sequence is just brutal. I mean, it's just like, there's like bloody, I don't even want to describe it. And I'm just like, you know what? This ain't for me today. So I, and I haven't heard a lot of people like critics coming out saying like, Hey, this is a tough watch at times, but it's really amazing. It's really important. It's, it's must watch stuff. Then I would consider like trying to power through, but until I hear that, this isn't going to be my shit. Yeah. I don't, I don't like um, watching period pieces about events that I know how they end or how they are and mm-hmm. what, what the content is going to end up being. 
Um, I'm not really into like entertainment as like something to get myself more upset and sad. So mm-hmm. important as I think it is to tell the story, it's not really a story I want to watch for entertainment. Yeah. I know yeah. we don't trust, well, I know we don't trust Rotten Tomatoes. I know we don't trust Rotten Tomatoes for TV, but it's currently sitting at 97. Well, I, I literally don't cause everything's at 97. Yeah. I think well, that, Ju- uh, Jupiter's legacy is at 37. So <laughs> we got that, they got that one right. I got that one right. Okay, good. I do think that you should watch the first 20 minutes of Jupiter's Legacy because... Just for fun. Just for shits and giggles. You just should. Like, wow. I watched... I did watch the first episode, and it is just as bad as you could ever imagine. Yeah. All right. I'll fire it up up tonight before Attack the Block. Hulu's MODOK. What the heck is this? All right. This one I like. Here. (laughs) Now, this is a little closer to our wheelhouse. Okay. This is... Uh, so Marvel, along with signing this big deal with with Disney Plus to do these big live action shows, they also signed an animated um, contract with Hulu. So this is the first of those. So Modok, if you guys remember him, like if you played that Avengers video game, yes, he's like one of the bad. He's like the bad guy, right? Yeah, the guy. So you get to know who what AIM is, which is his like evil organization. Yep. You get to know Monica. You get to know Brainiac. That's all that group. And this is like a super silly kind of stop motion looking adult cartoon where Modok is the protagonist. He's like trying to be his evil self, but he's also like a family man or attempting to be. Um, it's got obviously you don't need to go. Patton Oswald is is Modok. Um, ben Schwartz and just a ton of talent like they always are. Um, I just watched the first episode, but I liked it. I laughed a little bit. I cared more about like the plot, I guess, which was a little different. Um, and I think it's going to have like an ongoing plot and not just be, you know, one animated episode, totally separate. You know, you do probably have to see them all, which I think is, is good. I'm going to keep watching this. Uh, for me, I think it's a wreck right off the bat. Like go check it out. It's not a big time commitment. So if you're into it, um, Modoc on Hulu is, was pretty damn funny. Uh, definitely different than, than other you know, adult cartoons I've seen, especially with the, you know, Iron Man shows up voiced by John Hamm, like right, right away, just shows up and it's funny. So I'm into it. I will keep watching it. Maybe I'll check in with you guys next week after I've watched a few more. Sometimes I like watch one and I'm into shit. And then I, we check back and I'm like, no, I stopped watching that. Like the Nevers on HBO Max. There was a time when I was like, I'm into it. I'm not into it anymore. I quit after four. It's dumb. So we'll check back. Okay. All right, guys. It's definitely time to check back on one thing. All right, here we go. With the fourth episode of this rewatch, Will Self-Destruct. Today we're going into Mission Impossible 4, Ghost Protocol. Big what time. was Ghost Protocol again? Ghost Protocol was like a thing that the president could do. Yeah, which meant they were like on their own. Yeah, well, you know, they it's like the ultimate, because they always say like, if you're discovered or killed, we'll disavow all knowledge. Your Your family will get no support fuck you. This is like, okay, we're dissolving everybody and nobody gets any support. So this, it happened in this movie. They did it. Crazy bastards. They ghosted them. You sons of bitches. They ghost protocol them. I, okay. I don't really understand the movie. Like coming off of three, I I was so, I was so excited to get into this. Like I I just couldn't be more pumped up about the series after three. Um, I thought it was like, a top 25 movie of the past 20 years kind of movie. Like I enjoyed it that much. Yes, me too. Four, I'm like, I didn't remember it. I've watched it before, but I didn't remember it. And I got to the end of the movie and I was just like, all right, so why did all this happen? Like, (laughs) who was the villain? What was the villain's name? I don't even remember. I don't remember. I don't don't even remember. To be honest, I watched it this week. I don't even remember what he looks like anymore. Yeah. He's really generic. He, so if you want to just talk about the villain, we're coming off of Philip Seymour Hoffman as like a sort of a believable arms dealer character. Okay. Somebody that would have, and we don't even know, you know, this one is nukes. The last one was the rabbit's foot. We don't even know what the fuck he was after. And we never find out, which I thought was cool. Um, this was like way more straightforward of a movie. He, but okay. So it's almost like bond villain silliness of like old fashioned bond movies for this. This guy is a Russian professor who believes and preaches that Russian or like uh, nuclear warfare would actually in the end be good for the world. And that's his motivation. And that's what he fights so hard for is to just cause nuclear warfare. It's really, really stupid. 
and it's really forgettable. Uh, like that, like to me, a movie at this point in 2021 that like ha- that is good has a villain who I can understand like why they feel the way they do. Mm-hmm. Like they're evil, but like they they believe in what they're doing so much like that to me is what makes a great villain and what makes a great story this dude was just like if we blow up the world it might come back better and i was like what like that's his whole thing that's his whole and like they kept he's gonna get the nuclear codes and then he's gonna nuke everything and that's the whole movie that was the entire movie the movie and then it was like okay all he needs is these nuclear codes and you're like oh well he got them we're fucked and then they're like not without the satellite and then they're like okay now we have another chance to stop him and another chance to stop him he needs this to go right it was um the whole movie was sort of like the plot was just driven by like it was a very reactionary thing like they fucked this up. Now they got to do this. Then this happened. Then they got to go do this. They're just, it was kind of like drug you along a little bit just from action set piece to action set piece. So it started out with a bang. Like I thought the the first like 10 to 15 minutes, I was really into it. Mm-hmm. So it started out with this agent who we didn't really know who he was, but you find out that he's, you know, on the same, he's part of the whatever impossible mission team or whatever. Fucking Sawyer I'm, from I'm, the Lost, baby. I'm up to, yeah. So I was in a way. He, he gets this this like briefcase and he is killed by an assassin. And like, you realize that he was just about to use this facial recognition software to identify her as an assassin. So I was like, okay, well, I'm interested. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. And then they bust, uh, they bust Ethan out of a, like a Russian prison. And he has this guy with him that he needs to save, even though it's like against the mission. And he Bond gets him. Yeah, and like I thought, all that was like fun and silly, way lighter tone than the last movie for sure. I was really into that whole first like fifteen minutes. Like I just thought it was really a good time, and I was like, "Oh, this movie is going to be awesome." And then from there, it just stopped really making sense to me. It was just like, um, "What's something that people think is scary?" And they were like, "Nuclear war." And then they were like, "All right, so the villain." He's Russian. He's never going to talk, really. You'll never have an interesting interaction with him. And he really wants nuclear war. And that was supposed to be enough for us. And that was like the whole plot of the whole movie. Like, it wasn't a bad movie, but that just was, it was just not enough for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, the stakes were high. Dude, wasn't the dude's name like Hendrix? Hendrix or maybe? something? Wasn't no, it was like Hendrix. Like it wasn't even like a Russian name. Yeah, he had a goofy, evil sounding accent, but he never talked very much either. So yeah. I just thought it was funny right off the bat. So this one, last one is directed by JJ Abrams. This one is, was directed by Brad Bird. And I remember at the time, Brad Bird had only directed like a couple Disney Pixar movies, which are animated, and he directed like The Incredibles. And then he jumped and did this for Brad Pitt because Brad Pitt, I mean, uh, excuse me, Tom Cruise is now producing these. And it had like a very light, more light cartoonish tone, I thought. Not in a bad way. I actually liked it. Um, just the writing got got to be problematic. But um, I mean, some of the, the heist stuff was really, really creative in this movie. Some of the tools they used were really cool. His like name the was movie screen. Kurt like Hendrick. Okay. Yeah, the uh, like the sliding like projection screen where they could hide behind it and it would do the eye tracking of the guard. That was awesome. That was so cool. They they ramped Simon Pegg's role up because they wanted it like it, it was a lighter movie. So he was in a lot of the scenes, even the action scenes, to kind of bring the tone kind of more bubbly. So my least favorite part of this whole movie, and actually the like the worst decision they made was William Brandt. Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Jeremy Renner's character was so not interesting that I spent most of the movie being like, oh, I hope he turns on Ethan because that will make him interesting. Mm-hmm. And he never nope. did. No. Well, they tried to make you think he might, you know, in that regard, but never really panned out. Uh, super boring, as always. Should never play anything but Hawkeye because Hawkeye's super boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, he was, you know, and, and just from the beginning, having watched these movies in a rewatch, I'm like, so what happened to his wife? Right. I mean, like the whole last movie was very personal. It was like, he's trying to save his wife and save the world at the same time. Um, and then this movie was like, oh, his, you know, they got divorced and they sort of write off Michelle Moynihan's character, which I thought was interesting. And then they bring Jeremy Renner in thinking 
that's going to make this all interesting. That's going to make him interesting. It didn't help. But I did think that by the end when they're like, you know, we faked her death. She's she's alive. We do, we are still together. I thought that was actually really cool. Like that was kind of a twist ending. Um, I just like that like they kind of surprised me a couple times throughout the movie with, you know, Ethan Hunt's wife. Is she alive? Is she not? What's going on? I also thought the like when you when you see things that are plot driven and they're so predictable, like when I forget who the gal's name is, uh, Jane, the the African-American team member for IMF was like, you know, dating or in love with the the guy that got killed at the beginning hand away. And they were like, yeah, you can't kill her. Cause she's got information, even though she's the one that killed your, you know, boyfriend. Like you knew she was going to try and kill her. Right. Like that was just like all of those things seemed so apparent um, to the viewer. Even though, like, I hadn't seen this movie in years, so I didn't remember al- almost anything that happened. Yeah. Um, but I was like, when they were like, "Yeah, you got to make sure that you know we keep her for information or whatever," and, and I was like, "Oh, she's gonna. I know she's gonna kick her out a window at some point." And like, then the, she or, really, or, yeah. Yeah. So um, the whole thing was, I mean, compared to three, this was a major step back in my opinion. I think you guys hit on some of the high notes. There were there were some good there were were some good pieces. I think some of the lighter tone at times was warranted and great. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, the plot and the writing was uh, it left me wanting. Like mm-hmm. it, this was not as good as three by a long shot. So, dude, one thing that I noticed through this movie that they they have not done in the past was relied on equipment failure and malfunction to drive drama and intensity. So I have a list of all the shit that they tried to use that got fucked up just to ramp up the tension and and make it more exciting. So So there's more than just the glove. Oh, so the glove fails, and, and then the mask printer doesn't work, and then the radio stops working... And then the paper tracker doesn't work well enough to get close enough to the papers. And then um, the like that that you know the suit Jeremy Renner's like suit cart that kind of keeps him floating through those ducks that fails. The magnet was, suit thing, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just like on and on, and it just they didn't. That feels a little lazy to me because they didn't really have that they didn't need that in the past like the i mean they just the the emissions were exciting and it seemed impossible to begin with and that's why these guys were so good because they knew the right equipment to pick and it went you know regular according to plan a little bit better okay let's be serious though the the screen that projected the hallway was awesome loved it loved that whole part until it malfunctioned because it couldn't handle more than one person there you go (laughs) there you go yep yeah, so I did like that. Overall, the movie was was fresh for sure. I, I yeah. but my ranking goes three, one, four, two. Agreed, and mine as well. Yep. So I gave I gave three a ninety three, and I gave this an eighty five. How do you guys feel? I gave three. I, a go- I gave one an eighty four, and I'm going to give this one a seventy four. Wow. Yeah. That's I would agree. Step. I would agree. Like right, right in that seventy-five range is what I was thinking because there are so many like mechanical mistakes that they made with this. Like, oh, we're gonna climb outside the window and climb up the building. Uh, did anyone check the weather report? <laughs> nope, they didn't. Uh, guess what? There's the world's largest sandstorm coming in yep. thirty seconds, and so you got to hurry. Like, okay. Like, I just, nobody I just, looked out. Nobody looked out the window like four minutes before that and be like, "Is there any, anything coming that we might want to be aware of?" Anyway, one other little crazy thing that I want to mention is we've I've had this complaint in other of these movies where they're like, "You have to do this imp- crazy mission." Oh, by the way, it's in an hour. You know what I mean? This one was so nuts. Halfway through the movie, all this insane shit has happened, and then somebody has a line like, "Hey, Ethan Hunt broke out of prison this morning." I'm like, "This morning." Like the whole movie? Okay, this is what happened within one day. He escaped from prison, orchestrated the Kremlin heist. He got blown up. He recovered in a hospital. He escaped from that hospital. He then escaped an attack on a caravan into the river, swam out of the river. He found the train, met up with the team, and then figured out the whole plot and plan for Dubai all within 24 hours. That is really stupid. Stupid. And then I didn't even mention, like, I thought the, the ending with the cars was dumb. I actually didn't hate that. Um, I didn't like it. I, I thought it was pretty creative. Like the cars. I remember when I, I remember when I, I, when I saw it the first time and then when I watched it again, I had for comp- I honestly had completely forgotten about that. And then when I saw that, I was like, this is kind of why I haven't watched this movie again mm-hmm. in a while. 
Um, I'll add one more thing. I think we can move on from it. But um, at the very end, he, you know, they take on a new mission or they hear about it and they, they finally use the word the syndicate. So I believe in the next couple movies, it's going to focus more on, you know, this kind of big criminal organization called the syndicate. We just got a teaser of it in this movie. I just was so happy that they were able to save money um, by having them do a scene that was in two blockbuster movies around the same time. Uh, him running away from a giant sandstorm in a major Middle East city. Uh, I think that scene was in both um, MI4 and The Mummy. <laughs> oh, my God. Just wow. Birds with one right. The Mummy did it better. Yeah. All right, guys. And then uh, now it's time to move on. Uh, to our last segment, Streamer or Steamer. Okay, so we'll, we'll be on to MI5 next week. Not even sure what MI5 is called, um, but MI5 Battles the Syndicate. It will be freaking cool because the last mm-hmm. two are really good. It is Rogue Nation. Terrible Rogue name. Nation and then Fallout. Now, these ones are, um, they're streaming on FX. They're, like, they're on cable, so you can record them on cable. Otherwise, they're on Hulu, like the live TV one. And if you don't have those, it does look like you got to pay four bucks. I think I think I try to record them. I might just pay for them, but they're out there. So okay. watch them with us, people. All right, guys. Streamer or steamer. Here we go. HBO released Those Who Wish Me Dead. I watched it last night in anticipation for uh, today. And this was what we watched two weeks ago. You guys did. I watched it yesterday. Um, this was Angelina Jolie. Correct. Yep. And Littlefinger. Yeah. And that's it, right? And uh, John, the Bernthal. guy from The Walking Dead. Yeah, John Bernthal, who's a, you know, who is he? Good actor. Well, he was like the he's cop. The, he's, the, he's the sheriff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That guy was famous. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> I didn't know that. All right. So, um, nice things about this movie first, okay? Okay. Um, I thought Littlefinger was a cool bad guy. Like, not a cool bad guy. But he did his very best with what he had to work with, okay? And I also, like, his cold-bloodedness worked for hit for that actor. And it's I thought the kid, that he was making the character up on the fly. Like, he was, <laughs> no, 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 you guys did a bad job. Let me just be, like, American Littlefinger. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if they did it, man, just do it. <laughs> They're like, just do it. Um, and then I thought the kid did a pretty good, like, as a kid actor, he wasn't that distracting. I thought he was pretty good. And that is the beginning and end of the nice things I have to say about the movie. Okay, so I have a few questions for you guys. So just so everyone knows, this movie is about, like, these, like, forest fire firefighters, right? Smoke, smoke jumpers, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Angelina Jolie had this thing where like they were fighting a fire and they were losing the battle. And then this guy was like, fuck that. I'm not putting on the safety equipment. And then he gets burned alive. And like, no one even reacted in a way that was like, no dude, like our guy is dying here. They just like, were like, man, they all just like stood and watched. It was like, so Whatever. weird. Guy was a dick. And then suddenly <laughs> like kids walk out and are like, help. And then she wakes up from a dream. And that happens like six times. So many times. What was she supposed to do? Why were these kids in a forest fire? Like, come on. But it doesn't, it almost doesn't matter. It's just supposed to like show how haunted she is. Then um, Littlefinger's character dresses up as a fake cop with his boy. And then they like go into a house talking about a gas leak. And then they blow the house up. And well, they dressed up as like city workers. I'm not sure why they blew the house up, but they did. And then this other guy who has a kid was like. So I, I, do, you, do you want me to explain that? Yeah, yeah. That was the that was like the lead prosecutor of a of a big case, and they 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 expositioned the hell of the, out of that on like the TV reports and yeah. radio stuff of like the case against such and such. You know, is going to move forward. You know, but the you know the DA in this case has been you know blown up in his own home, like that kind of thing. And then who was the person, the guy with the kid? Why why were they after him? He was a forensic accountant that had gotten to the bottom of who was all involved in this thing. Who were the powerful people that were stealing the money or whatever it was? And what were they? And they were all going after um, Tyler Perry, who showed up at an airport scene for three minutes and then is not in the movie anymore ever again. I was like, did they have him film that in his like street clothes at an airport so that he could be in the movie? No, like, no, he was, he was, he met outside like the gas station or whatever. Well, it was, so, he was in one scene. It yeah. was so wild to me though, that like, I never really knew why they were after the guy with the kid even. And even because if- he was going to be, he's like the lead witness. So this was basically people with a lot of money and a lot of power with a lot to lose going after 
the people that were putting the case together and were going to testify against them and like name names and put put powerful people in jail. And do we know what they did? No. No, it didn't matter. Okay, so very little story. Like they're pretty much like, hey, these guys, we don't know who they are. You don't know why, but they are, they want you dead. And yep. that's what the whole movie's about. And also the name. title. Also, <laughs> no, I did that on purpose. Also, it's about forest firefighting. Yeah, also, right. And you know what this movie, the, the closest parallel I can come to? This movie is straight out of like 96. This is a forgettable movie from like early 90s where they like had a lot of disaster movies. But then that wasn't like a big enough plot. So then they'd have to have bad guys in the mix too, right? So this is like Cliffhanger. You guys remember Cliffhanger? Um, I remember. So like, they're like a bunch of like rock climber guides that get mixed up in these like criminals trying to track down and, and find the money that they lost. So there's all the elements that they battle, you know, the mountain, the avalanches, the rock climbing, the ice, all that shit. Plus the bad guys with the guns. This is that plus, uh, forest fires, right? Instead. And it's just, it's actually a lot worse. Like, at least that movie was, like, campy and, and fun. This movie was just just really boring and, and I don't know, all the reasons. Well, and, and actually, like, kind of kind of surprisingly violent. Yeah. Like, not in a not in a good way, right, where, where it seemed appropriate. It was, like, the dad getting shot, like, a thousand times, in the, yeah. you know, in the car while the, the kid's kid watching. watching like, and just, yeah. like, yeah, we get it. They're bad guys. You, just, you already cast Littlefinger. We knew that. Yeah, I would say the only thing about it, um, also, like, the only thing I liked about it was, like, how ruthless they were, um, you know, like, they were like, go up into the place. Very unforgiving. They were like, go up into the place. If there's no one in there, then burn it to the ground. And I was like, Mm -hmm. damn, that was such a smart move. Yeah. They did a lot of that stuff where I was just like, dang, like, that was actually so smart. But I thought John Bernthal Bernthal did a good job. Um, Angelina Jolie is completely forgettable at this point. I thought the kid did a little, uh, the little kid did a good job. I thought that Littlefinger and his partner, whoever they were, did yeah. a good job. With almost nothing to work um, with, really. The, the smoke jumpers were mostly irrelevant other than to give you a little bit of backstory into Angelina Jolie um, to give you the kid plot. I mean, yeah. they, they could have saved themselves like a million dollars and hired anybody else to play that role. And it would have been just fine. Um yeah. I'm going to Okay, so I'm going to do this, okay? And I know you guys are going to disagree with me. Mm-hmm. This is barely, but it's a streamer for me. Okay. I felt like I felt like the plot worked well enough even though they were vague on some things. I thought that they didn't spend a lot of time screwing around. Like it it moved very quickly and you got from place to place where you needed to be. They set up a little bit of plot, but then it was just like we're going to hit the gas pedal and go, literally in some cases. Yeah. Um, for me, this is like a 65 to 70 on Rotten Tomatoes. But if someone was like, hey, I need kind of like a mindless like action movie to watch. Um, should I watch Those Who Wish Me Dead? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that might be fine. It's not that long. It's it's fine. Um, it's not going to blow your socks off. But I would uh, this is a streamer for me. But like I said, just barely for me, it is uh, it's about 35 percent. It's a steamer. It is forgettable. It, the worst thing a movie can be is boring, and it was. And then another thing, worst thing a movie can be is cheesy, and it was that too. Okay, but like when they're like trying to just cross a field, and all of a sudden lightning starts striking them everywhere. Like I was like, wow, I really should turn this movie off right now, but I'm committed to the bit, so I'm gonna finish it. Um, yeah, it just it just wasn't very good, man. I think that I don't disagree. It's it's I don't it's, disagree with anything you're saying. Yeah. I, I I can't disagree with anything you're saying, but yeah. I I would still say it's not a hot wreck for me. But if someone was like, should I watch it? I'd be like, yeah, it's not. You'd be fine. Yeah, this was a certified steamer. I would give this movie a seventeen. That's pretty low. <laughs> That's pretty low. But then again, you must not have paid attention at all because you had no idea what was going on. I think I like I must have tuned out for about two critical moments of like what was happening. And then the whole time I was just like, "Why are they trying to kill this guy?" Like they yeah. really they, want, like I mean, they, they literally spent like really four matter. minutes. They they literally spent like five minutes explaining what was going on. Yeah, that was the five minutes I paid the least attention to. And then, like, he was on Twitter for sure. And then, like, like, how many times did lightning affect them? Oh, the lightning struck everything. What was up with the weird horse moment that never came back into play? Yeah, I feel like they put that in there, and I was like, oh, he's definitely going to ride that horse later to safety or something. He goes in there, and he has this emotional connection to a wild horse where he like 
calms this wild horse. And the dad's like, you need to get away from him. He's dangerous. And he's like, he's not dead. He's good. He's good. You know what that was? Huh? That was him finding the goodness in Angelina Jolie and her finding in herself because she was a wild horse. Uh, no, no, that, no. That, that, was, was, the, that was the lady's horse that she rode to go shoot the bad guys. No, that was a wild horse, wasn't it? I don't think so. All right. We really should stop talking about this movie. What's the other one? Let's go. Greenland. I didn't watch Greenland. You guys both did. Is it something I should watch? If it's if – it's- Streamer and streamer, I'm watching it. Okay. Um, I like this movie. I shot it out to you guys to, to watch. This is one where you're like, okay, it's a disaster movie. This is a disaster double feature. Um, this is a disaster movie in the purest sense. The world is ending. There's nothing anyone can do about it. And it's, you know, via these big comets that are going to come and just, you know, destroy the, the entire Earth. And it's sort of like a very realistic, I thought, look at what might happen and how governments might react to this. And how people would react to it. I didn't feel like it was over the top or cheesy. Um, you know, a couple times, you know, people out in the world, as they are realizing they're going to die soon, are acting a little irrationally. But I think that's to be expected. Um, I like this movie. It's maybe a little bit long. But I think this is the best thing Gerard Butler's ever done. They let him, like, use his real accent. and Because he can't do accents. He's not a good enough actor for that. So they let him just be Scottish, which is great. Uh, I like this movie. I was like really on the edge of my seat for a lot of it. And I really cared about like this family. And then there's like this big connection with the son, which, you know, if you have a son, you may feel that as well. Um, I like this movie. To me, this is a definite streamer. And it did pretty well. Like it, it the critics liked this a little bit. Audiences liked it. Ryan, you are making faces that are like, like you look, you look like you're about to get back at me for ripping wish upon the fucking death of me or whatever. <laughs> Um, if I think for all of the reasons that you didn't like those who wish me dead, they could almost universally apply to Greenland. Um, so this is going to sound hypocritical, but like you said, it's not cheesy. Well, when they were like, they finally traveled by car to like the safe area where they were going to get on a plane. They got all the way into the thing and they're like, oh shit, we forgot Timmy's medicine. I'll go back to the car. Stay here. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you knew he wasn't making it back. Yeah. No, uh, I knew that. Like, oh, we got to make it to this plane and this runway. Uh, we're driving on a flat tire and we parked in front of the plane so that we could make the plane. Like I thought, okay, I will say some nice things. I thought that the, the comet disaster was the best, like the, the most well done, like extraterrestrial dinosaur like event mm-hmm. where a comet is coming to hit the earth. And it's not just like this one big blob. Right. It's right. breaking up into shards. It's hitting different places at random times. It takes out and Tampa you know, first, which I thought was hilarious. Perfect. Fuck Tampa. We don't need the old, Just, that's the old gone. people gone. Yeah. Um, and so like that, that part made the most sense. But like the whole like diabetes uh, plot line. The was sick kids. I know that's contrived. a little tropey. I get that. And then. And it's a little trophy to have the marriage sort of on the rocks. Oh, the marriage was really on the rocks, Jim. Come on. (laughs) The marriage, the marriage was rough. It it leaned into the tropes, but I think that it did them well. You know what I mean? Like you have to have some drama outside of like, you know, people accepting their own death or thinking they can maybe make it. And, you know, say you have a chance to live through the situation. You don't know what the world is going to even look like if you do live, if you are, if you do make it to this bunker, how hard do you push? And I think I was asking myself those same questions like, dude, would I just be sort of happy to be like with my family? If I know the whole, pretty much all like the world is going to die except for like a few people, you know, how hard would I fight to be one of those people? Or would I just be like you, happy to be like quiet moments at the end? I don't know. These are all the thoughts I was having. I thought it was really interesting. I'd be spending all of my money. Yeah, I mean, it was. It would all happen. It all happened quickly. Um, well, if I didn't have a if I didn't have a wristband in this movie, then it's all for naught, right? Right. Which also ultimately didn't matter in the end. No, they got in because of the wristbands. Yeah, because he had one, but the other two didn't. Yeah, yeah. They just sort of like like they're like ah hand wave it. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. But didn't Flash you think that, I thought that part was so cool. So like. Eric, early on, this isn't a spoiler. They, you, you know, they're all kind of like talking in the news. Oh yeah, big comet is going to come near. You should be able to see it from the sky. Well, the whole time the government knew that this was going to kill everybody, and so they had a big system set up 
and they had chosen people based on their skills. So like, you know, the main guy is like a, he's like a um, industrial engineer. And so they're like, he, he made the list. So like, he's with all his neighbors watching this news. And then his TV comes up and is like, you and your wife and your son need to report to this place now to this military base you're chosen and all the neighbors are like what the fuck dude what does that mean so i just thought like all that stuff was really interesting and created like very cool drama okay i'm gonna watch it i think you should i think you like it so ryan do you say steamer on this one no are we going i say to i say i say streamer okay but but I feel like you're being unfair to those who wish me dead in those criticisms. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, sometimes the mood strikes you and sometimes it doesn't. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe Greenland, you know, hit you at a time where you were feeling very emotional about life and contemplating your existence on this plane of the universe. <laughs> that's, no, I'm kidding. I think that's somehow what happened. I think you're right. But like, you know, I obviously, I ask myself those questions every, like, I can't go to sleep if I'm like, well, if somebody breaks in and they come in the back door, what am I going to do? Like, what's, what's plan A and plan, you know what I mean? Like, so like to a- ask the question of like, during a meteor shower, what would I be doing? I'd be like, I'd be doing the exact same thing as the main character, like yeah. whatever I could. So, um, but I think that this movie deserves the same amount of criticism as those who wish me dead for some like very uninspired, tropey comically bad moments that you could see coming within 30 minutes of -hmm. turning on the movie. So um, this is also like a 65 for me to 70 in that range. It's okay. It's not great. It doesn't blow your socks off, but is it worth a watch? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. I I think this one I give, uh, I give like a 77, which is, it is a wreck for me, but keep your expectations somewhat checked Here, here. Here's the thing. This movie is a disaster movie that I had never even heard of until I saw a trailer with Gerard Butler. I thought this movie was literally going to disappear off the face of the earth and no one will have watched it instantly rotten. And then critics were starting to say, actually take a second look at this thing. So I was very surprised and my expectations were low. And so that helps. All right, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have this week on the Nordies podcast. We'll be back with our sports cast. Check that out until then. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Your three best friends in the whole world. The Nordies podcast. 